Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, Kitchen Chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat TV on the Road. Your host, Margaret McSweeney. So glad you're joining me in Washington, D.C. at Les Dames d'Escoffier, here with a very, very special and well-known home chef, Joan Nathan. Welcome to Kitchen Chat. It's nice to have me here. Oh, this is so exciting to have you here. And you've accomplished so many things, especially promoting the Jewish foodways. You've had a TV show. You've been featured on all the major TV morning shows as well. Can you tell me about your passion for preserving Jewish foodways? Well, I guess it started with ethnic foodways. And then I realized when I got married, actually, my husband's mother was a survivor from Poland. And she loved her life in Poland. And she used to, she would remember all the foods in such a beautiful way that it made me realize that I wanted to preserve them. But it, it really wasn't just her. I also met a professor of folklore from Israel. And he came up to me and he said, you know, I know everything there is to know about Yiddish folklore and food, but I'm never going to write a cookbook. If you'll write a cookbook, then I will give you everything I know. And so that's really... But, I, you know, I, I think that I, maybe because my own family came from Europe, yes. and I noticed the way that food breaks down barriers and the importance of mm-hmm. food and preserve, it just seems to me that preserving your food is like preserving who your family is. Yeah. So how do you continue this process of documenting that preservation? And what can we at home who want to preserve family recipes and treasures do as well? Well, I I think the first thing you have to do is find your mother, your grandmother, and watch them with a cup and with uh, teaspoons and tablespoons and watch them cook. And I think that's the most important thing. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said through the years, why didn't I do that? So it's a first start at home. And then when you're with people and you want to learn something, ask them if you could watch them, and they would love it. And that's that's really what I've done. I've been so lucky to be able to do that through the years. Yes, and to hear and share the stories right. that come from and the conversations. Of course, that's what food is all about, isn't it? Yes. I mean, and, and And I think that when people sit down, I mean, I, I learned this many, many years ago in the Middle East. I worked for the mayor of Jerusalem, and it was just after, uh, in the early 70s. And we went to this Arab village. And when we got there, everybody was very hostile to us. Mm. And we sat down to my favorite chicken dish in the world. It's called Musachan. It's a Palestinian dish. And the mayor, he's long dead. His name is Teddy Kalak. He was a very famous mayor of Jerusalem. And he loved it as much as I did. And we were saying how much we liked the food. And all of a sudden, the barriers broke down. And they got they had wanted a road. And he didn't know if he could give it. It was a long way to get to their village. But to pave a road, he they got the road. And we got friends. We got good food. You know, so that that's, I, I really think that it does break down barriers. And I learned that from him. 
That is so true. Just to sit down, break bread together, share a meal. And what was the name of that chicken dish again? Musachan. It is the best chicken delicious dish in the world. It's got pine nuts and lots of sautéed onions and a little bit of, um, let me just think what's in there, allspice and cinnamon. Oh, it's, it's fabulous. Oh, and sumac. It's really a desert dish, but mm. I, I have, and then you serve it, lots of onions, and you serve it on top of pita bread. I make a big pita bread, and you put it in the oven. Oh, it's unbelievable. And I'm so sorry, I don't know what sumac is. What is that? Sumac is a very, it's like a lemony, salty okay. spice, and it's a desert spice, but it's purple. And people are using it more and more. Um, it, it, you can find it in Persian kebabs and, and on the rice. It's more and more prevalent today. I think that it's probably in most supermarkets. Oh, I'm going to try try that <laughs> out. And what were some ingredients that really surprised you in some of the recipes you were preserving? Well, what I learned is that spices are a clue to where the recipe is from. So I learned that allspice really told you that it was originally from Iraq, but originally, but allspice is originally from Jamaica. So, <laughs> I know that. And it, through the Columbus Exchange, it came to England, and then the English brought it with them to their colonies, and they call it English pepper in Iraq, and also in Jerusalem, too, and other places. But it really is the Middle East. That, that to me, is a sign of maybe an Iraqi, um, an Israeli, uh, maybe a Jordanian recipe, if there's some of that allspice in there. And this is so fascinating, Joan, because my... And it's a savory recipe, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, it, it, it's so interesting. My mother-in-law, fully Danish from Denmark, uh, okay. yes... And she would make things with allspice. So somehow it made its way into Denmark as well. Well, of course. But also um, cardamom. The Danes love cardamom. So do the Swedes. So, but the spice roots went all over. And, you know, when you think about it, people were looking not necessarily for spices. They were looking for jewels and things that were more expensive, furs. But spices were small, and you could carry them with you. And they lasted. And they got all the way to these northern climes. Wow. And and the spice is truly what is priceless. And, yes, (laughs) this is great. And what has become your favorite spice through your journeys? Oh, wow. Well, I, I actually love ginger, and I like yes. turmeric. Okay. And turmeric is um, a coloring. And, and turmeric, but the interesting thing is, you know, if you use turmeric instead of saffron, you are a poorer person. But turmeric it has a lot of health benefits. Yes. And I, I don't know. I, I guess I like them all. I, and ginger I always like. I like every aspect of ginger. And I like sumac. I don't, I don't think I have a favorite, actually. Oh, sorry. And, well, what, what do you enjoy pairing with ginger? Oh, everything. I, I like ginger with apples, and I put a little bit of ginger in my um, desserts because it's, it's healthy. It's really good for you. I like it with chicken recipes, mm-hmm. in rice recipes, cookie recipes, Whatever I love, I love a little ginger. That's great. And for the turmeric, how would what would you pair that with? Well, I I put that like in again in rice dishes for color. Okay. And um, turmeric is really healthy. In the ancient world, it was considered 
medicine more than anything else. And it, somehow all these, in, you know, the, these um, spices were not only to, to keep your blood pressure down, to all other things, but they also, for men, were used because they thought that you were more virile. And, um, and in, the, in the Middle Ages, they used to send, let's say, rice mm-hmm. to a, a rice merchant from one country to another in a basket on a ship, and they would insert some turmeric or some ginger inside so that the uh, tax, tax agents wouldn't, they wouldn't be taxed and they'd be good for their virility. <laughs> You never know. To spice up life, maybe right. that's where it came from. <laughs> that is fascinating. And and it's so interesting how food is really becoming part of our medicine cabinet these that's days. Absolutely. And, you know, we, well, we've been hearing some conferences today where food is the, the best way to lower whatever your cholesterol or, or, you know, real food, not processed food, can just help you lose weight, help you yeah. feel better. And, um, you know, like my daughter does the paleo diet. You don't have to do the paleo diet, but sticking to real, real food is the way to go. Oh, well, this is terrific. And I love how you are preserving and documenting these very special recipes in the Jewish foodways and ethnic foodways and, and really keeping it for us to enjoy in our own home cooking. And is there a website we can visit that would have links to your books? Yeah, joannathan.com. Terrific. I'll make sure that I have that on my website. Thank you so much today for being here, Joan. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this is great. And thank you, dear foodie friends. Please continue to continue to tune in and enjoy the food and the fun and the fellowship. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day. Visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.